How's it going? Good evening. Good evening. I'm sorry about that. Okay. Act like I've been here before. No. Um, all right. Those of you who don't know, I'm weird, but I like it. Um, I guess you can say that the journey I'm currently on started about eight years ago when I moved away to college. Being in a new city, at a new school, surrounded by new people, I was on a mission to make a name for myself. I'm the youngest of three kids, obviously. You know how the youngest child goes. And so I wanted to get out, spread my wings. Might have left prematurely, but I left. And I also wanted to find out who I was. I was 20 years old, um, trying out for the San Jose State football team, go Spartans. There we go. <laughs> and had dreams of making it big. I mean, I always knew right from wrong, but I always chose wrong just because it felt better. But I never followed the crowd, but I just went with them by choice. And so I was usually one of the leaders of the crowd, but at the same time, I still made wrong decisions. Now, one thing moving away from home, and 99% of my friends did, was force me from day one to find out who I was. For the first time in my life, there was no shelter of a posse or no, uh, I don't know why I put that word on here, um, no, I can't hide behind teammates and friends. And so I had to find out who the real Caleb was and what he really liked. And so I quickly learned a lot of things that I experienced and encountered while at home didn't really interest me at all anymore. I found out I didn't like drinking as much as I thought I did. Because you know how you always go out and party. I didn't really like it when I was by myself. Because I was like, I was just doing it because my friends were around. I didn't like smoking weed as much as I thought I did. I was like, that was just a hobby because my friends were around. Also, I didn't like, quote unquote, like being a quote unquote player, like playing the field or playing with females' emotions. Because any guy who's married here knows that one woman is enough. <laughs> emotionally um, <laughs> but uh, so I decided when I was 21 I was like let me go ahead and I'm gonna remain abstinent or anything else physical from the opposite sex now I did party still like any college student would but I didn't partake in all the things that I once did so I thought I was actually taking a step in the right direction now I was still not taking life seriously outside of knowing that God um, if I prayed hard enough he'll bail me out of any situation so that was the extent of my Christianity was knowing that if I ask God I won't get in that much trouble and so, having only gone to church a handful of times as a, as a teenager, I didn't have any foundation in God or the Word of God outside of a few Psalms in the book of Proverbs. And uh, obviously, as a poor college student, I was always hungry. So I was always calling my mom, like, could you put $2 in my account? Could you put $2 in my account? Because chips in Arizona is only $2. And so, she did it for like about two, three weeks in a row. And then she was like, Caleb, no, you need to read the Bible. And I was like, what? She was like, she said, the Word of God is food. I said, to who? <laughs> and she was just... And she was just literally, she was kind of like, this is the word of God is going to fill your spirit. And I was like, okay. So obviously these late nights when I was reading the Bible, I ended up actually going to sleep reading the Bible. So I was like, okay, great. So it's NyQuil. But at the same time, I made sure that <laughs> I was just like reading just a little bit, but it was just boring me to death. And I said, mom, this book is so boring. I don't know how you read it all these years. I'm like, but I'm glad you didn't force it upon me. But what she did do, she was like, why don't you read the gospels? And I'm like, what is that? She was like, it's about Jesus. I said, okay, cool. I mean, he's a main character. What page is it on? And she was just like, she was like, turn to Matthew. And so I was like, all right. I'm sorry about that. And so obviously I turned to Matthew and literally overnight, I went from counting Bible pages in my sleep to not being able to go to sleep because of the life and ministry and story of Jesus was way too interesting. And a lot of the reasons was is because his humor, his wit, his rhetorical questions, his transparency, his humility and his authority, and his emphasis for the heart. 
And you could imagine that my world was turned completely upside down in a newfound hunger for God, and his word grew inside of me. And at this point, many things had happened in my life. I had injured my knee playing football, so I was done playing football. I actually got disqualified from San Jose State or kicked out um, for having less than a 2.0 two semesters in a row, only because I was super lazy and I didn't ever buy college books. And lo and behold, my first job after I got kicked out of school was working for Chegg, selling college books back to students. <laughs> And one day I was at work and I was like, God, these students are tripping off of books. I never had books. And I was like, is the Holy Spirit said, you're not in school anymore because of that. And I was like, ooh, touche. But no, um, obviously by the grace of God, I got back into San Jose State. I only had about seven classes left. So I started going the scenic route, one class a semester. And Lord knows I cannot stand school. So it was like cruel and unusual punishment. But I needed it. And so what happened at that time was, Right after I got kicked out of school, the next Sunday I went to church. I was like, I need, some, I need to add God to this equation of my life because whatever I'm doing is not working. And so I spent the, few, the next few years meeting with different small groups, regularly attending local churches, which helped me stay grounded in the Word of God because I liked it now. And just like every job that I had, God used every Bible study group, young adult group, Sunday school group, prayer group and church to help my growth process. And though I found places that I liked physically, I was happy to be there, my spirit was always hungering for more truths and deeper revelations of Jesus. And little did I know that this would require having an intimate relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, something that was completely foreign to me because when you obviously read the Word, you just fall in love with the Word. And obviously dealing with supernatural stuff and relationships isn't really talked about like in everyday language nowadays. And so as soon as I began to make relationships with young adults at other churches in San Jose who had the same hunger as me, we had the same dilemma. The churches we were under weren't on the same page. <laughs> so we pretty much uh, formed like a little group where we like, hey, let's just read the Bible and we're just gonna go after the Holy Spirit and the supernatural and all that good stuff. So I was like, cool, let's go. And so we started meeting regularly, having powerful worship sessions and going high and low for Bible studies and worship sessions that focused on the supernatural and the presence of God. We formed bonds and friendships in that time that I will carry for the rest of my life. We began to focus on the power that comes to all those who accept Jesus into their lives. And one verse that I cling to to this day is Romans 8:11, where it says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies as the same Spirit living within you. Also, um, Psalms 27:13, where it says, I'm sure of this, I'll, receive the, I'll see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So I was like, God, I'm going to get goodness, and I'm going to get power. I said, that's all I need. <laughs> and so obviously, I started reading the word more and more and fell in love with it, and I was falling in love with God over and over again, and he was exactly what I needed at that time in my life. And so obviously, I graduated from San Jose State, and uh, I was asked if I would go back to school, and I actually gave like a... a a long dialogue about how I wouldn't, but uh, never say never, but uh, it was at that time in my life I moved back home to Sacramento, and I was introduced to Epic Life by my best friend Dante Guther, who's not here today, but my best friend Dante, and it's funny because Dante just said, hey, if I'm not there on time, just go to the front, sit next to this older, bald gentleman named Eric, and tell him I'm friends with Dante, and so I did, <laughs> and so uh, he said, you're going to receive a warm welcome, and I did. And uh, while my knowledge of the Word of God was good, and uh, I, had, I had a form of godliness, I nonchalantly sat in Epic for the first time, not expecting anything except for like a three-point sermon, you know, and an altar call afterwards, because that's what I was used to in college. And um, that night I heard a word pertaining to Christianity that I had never heard before in my life, and it was identity. 
And I was like, what? And I know who I think I am. I think I'm pretty cool, you know what I mean? But at the same time, it said, who does God say that you are? And I was just like, um, wow. And I'd be a weirdo to not know myself after 28 years of living. However, this was different. The emphasis was on knowing who you are in Christ and knowing who God says you are. Part of knowing who you are is also knowing whose you are, meaning that I had to see God as not only the God of the universe, the timeless, all-powerful, all-knowing God who created everything that I had seen with my eyes, but also as my heavenly father. And that was probably the biggest hurdle for me. Um, one day I was talking to Eric, and Eric was like, I was talking to him, I was just talking, talking. Eric has a good way of seeing through what you're talking about to talk about what you really need to talk about. And um, that was kind of confusing, I'm sorry. But he was just like, how's your relationship with your dad? And anyone who knows me knows that if you let me, I can talk. And I just stopped. I was like, I don't know, why would you ask that? <laughs> you know what I mean? But it was that bad that I didn't have an answer for it. And so, um, but it was a huge hurdle because father was not a word that was in my vocabulary at all. Not that I didn't have any, like, fatherly figures or mentors, but I had no experience as anybody being my father who I was accountable to. And so I hadn't seen my earthly father in over 20 years. I mean, I had mentors and coaches, but no one who ever was just like my, like blood, flesh of my flesh, blood of my blood. And so the revelation of God as a heavenly father was so dynamic to me that I was actually nervous to go down that road. I didn't come back to Epic for a few months. <laughs> so I'm not going to lie. I, just, I, I used to work off sunrise. I would drive right by Capitol like, uh, yeah, I'm going home. But at the same time, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm being honest. But at the same time, and it was easy for me to do that because the only people I knew was Dante and Eric. So no one really said, Caleb, where you at? Why aren't you showing up? But then Dante would text me every now and then, you going? He lives in the Bay Area. And I'd be like, nah, I ain't going today. I got, I'm tired from work. No, and I wasn't tired. But then one day, like, the Holy Spirit was like, get up and go back over there. And I was like, all right, I will. And because the Holy Spirit has a good way of, he knows, he knows how to get me in a, in a room. And so he kept tugging, and then I came back, and I've been coming back regularly ever since. And since then, I fully embraced the journey of finding my true identity in Christ as a son of God, and Epic is the perfect environment to do that. If you view God as an angry, as angry, annoyed, impatient judge who sits in heaven with a chalkboard who tallies all your rights and wrongs, or a cashier in the drive through of heaven as you make your order through the box of prayer, or even question the existence of God, period, stick around. Um, as I've come to find out, people at Epic are just as weird as me. <laughs> In finding out who you are, you find out more and more of who God is because he created every single one of you in his image and he's perfect, meaning that you are perfect. Not in deed or in act, but perfectly created for a purpose that destiny only can be fulfilled by you or the real you. And so if destiny is a lock, then your identity is the key. The more that I continue to walk in identity, the more free that I become and the more I can see who I am, my friends, my surroundings, and my life from God's perspective. Although the road is intimidating because you have to come face to face with truth, both about yourself and Jesus, the journey is well worth it. I learned quickly that upon accepting Jesus into your heart, that doesn't stop any temptation, adversity, self-doubt, failure, or fear. It does mean, however, that you have a rock to stand on to run to, to trust in, and find your true self, your self-worth, the you that stands out from the rest of all creation. So I embrace being weird because I found out what it stands for. Wonderful, exciting, interesting, real, and different. I love you guys. <laughs>